Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back. We've got another week of Beyond Sunday. Randy, you ready for this? I'm going to say no. I want to talk about Psalm 84. I'm ready for that. Okay, good. No <laughs> jokes this week. I'll save my good joke for next week. Um, Psalm 84. I could be ill next week. Yeah, well, <laughs> so could I. I could be. Um, Sons of Korah, mm-hmm. got another psalmist here. Mm-hmm. You didn't give the background, uh, and I don't blame you. Only said one thing, that they're temple servants. I did not hear that. I didn't think you did. I was watching you out of the corner of my eye, and I thought, he's not even listening to me. Yeah, I had Anna next to me. <clears throat> yes, you did. Uh, which is good. And uh, this is a total side note, but just she's in first grade, and what we do with her, and we've done with other, other kids too, is we really try and get them to listen to you with a pencil and paper mm-hmm. and then draw something at the very early stages draw something that they hear you say. Yeah, yeah. So the early stages, they hear you say dog for, you know, whatever reason, whatever and they just, I heard dog, I'm going to draw a dog. And then it develops into like, yeah. oh, here's an idea, yeah. you know, that they begin to draw yeah. out and just develop that listening skill. So she just wanted so to draw a cross, even though you didn't say, she was just yeah. crosses and flowers. I've, I've received some, <laughs> some really good pictures from young people through the years. It's been fun to see what they're picking up on. It is. Yeah, it really is. It's interesting. Good conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sons of Korah, mm-hmm. Temple Servants. That's about the best I did Sunday. Yeah, okay. Just so I, I just wanted to remind myself and you that these are these are men that are at the temple all the time. Um, yeah, which is good. And their mind is on heavenly mm-hmm. things. Always. Things of the Lord. Um, so here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have one question for you okay. about... Uh, about last week a little bit, actually. I, okay. We had a long episode last week, so I didn't yeah. ask it. But real quick in Psalm 83, mm-hmm. um, this is a psalm of Asaph. I'll scroll up. Okay, thank Asaph. you. Asaph. Asaph. Mm-hmm. If you're in America, mm-hmm. Asaph. Is that how they do it in America? That's okay. how, yep, most of them. All right. So how they do it anyway, my question for you is this. How do you know who is saying what in the psalm? You know, or mm-hmm. really, anything. sometimes it's hard to know who's actually saying this sure. because you lose some of the That's good. pronouns and other things. So th- that one started off, oh God, mm-hmm. oh God, do not keep silence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm assuming that's Asaph there speaking, mm-hmm. and then it goes to uh, what the Lord says. Where was that? Um, is it in verse 4? Uh, which psalm are you in? 83. Oh, I'm sorry, 82. That's 82. Right. Yeah, okay. Psalm 82. Yeah. Sorry, because we skipped 83. We did. Um, so yeah, Psalm 82. Yeah. Again, Asaph starts out, God has taken his place in the divine council. That's why it was a long episode, at least yeah. partially. Yes. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. And then there's quotations in the ESV, mm-hmm. how long will you judge unjustly? I would have assumed that was Asaph continuing there, but it's... The way you covered it and was helpful to me, that's God speaking to the divine council. How do yeah. you know? Because yeah, it doesn't you, say, and you, God you, said. You don't. You don't. But in this case, I'm, I'm working off from what follows is the judgment that he administered. 
Mm-hmm. So it is, it is um, I don't even know if you'd say grammatical as much as you'd say a syntactical reading between one and two. I'm assuming that verse two is the administered just, uh, judgment, mm-hmm. the judgment that God administered at the table. It, and it is an assumption. Okay. But can I, uh, can I just follow up with one thing then about sure. the reading? So mm-hmm. one of the things that I've been studying hard for the last few years is an, an ancient way of reading the Psalms where it is critical to ask who's speaking, mm-hmm. but only, to, uh, only with a view of or with the aim of where is Jesus speaking these Psalms, which goes back to the issue we talked about a week ago. Yeah. So if you, if you heard the last uh, week's episode, uh, one of the... Uh, one of the folks raised the issue of, well, how can we read the Psalms uh, as prophetic toward Christ like this? Well, one of the ways that that happens in these Psalms is to to try to f- locate the places where Christ himself is speaking these. Since And the argument is, this is his Bible. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's what he read. Yes. But the mm-hmm. second thing is, he he's referred to as the Word. Mm-hmm. So the ancient interpreters know that Jesus is already in these Old Testament texts. So they're looking for places where he speaks. So uh, just this is only a follow-up to what you just said to me. Yeah. If you say to me, well, how do I know who's speaking? It is a judgment call. Context is helpful. Mm-hmm. But I think the most important thing for a Christian reader is finding the places where Jesus actually is speaking these things because he's told us in Luke 24 that all of these things are about him. Right. So what we find with the ancient interpreters is they are great at looking at this psalm and saying, oh, this is Jesus speaking these words. There's a huge uh, term for this. Mm-hmm. And it was a big deal in the ancient interpreters' world. So, And I do try to practice that. In, in I would say in a limited sense, in comparison to them. But remember what I'm doing every Sunday for us is saying, okay, the only the only reason why Psalm 82 or 84, for instance, functions for the church is because our Savior has lived somehow in this psalm. Mm-hmm. Through Because we're in Him, we also are now participating in this psalm. That's kind of the, the angle that we're taking every weekend. Okay. It's a shortened version at the end of the sermon usually, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know if that even even helps you, but uh, I did try to answer the question concerning verse 2. It did, yeah. So the, the helpful part for my question was, it's a judgment call. Um, context is helpful, but at the end of the day, there's not the very clear markers, and God said no, this. Rarely. Right. And then I would just add one more thing. Verse mm-hmm. 6 does say, I said. Yeah. Now, now if you just so look at that... I then? Well, but look at that, mm-hmm. and... And I would say that's not a soft saying that. I said, you are God, sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. That's more of the indictment. Mm-hmm. So that's God now saying, this is what I referred to. This is what I called you. This is how I set you up for power and authority. But now you've failed me. You've failed to represent me. Therefore, I'm demoting you. Mm-hmm. That's the way I would read that. So I would read that I said mm-hmm. as God saying... And then there's no quotation marks in Hebrew. 
No. Right. No. So the English interpreters are putting those quotation marks in there because they're they're super like honed in on this kind of stuff. And they would then see a break in verse 8 where it says, Arise, O God. So that's why they would see the verse 6, I said, quotation mark, mm-hmm. and then the end of verse 7, quotation mark, and then verse 8, there seems to be a shift there, mm-hmm. which is why they would put that closing quotation mark. Yeah. And then it's Asaph again saying, Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall yeah. inherit all the nations. Yeah. Because So they're, they're helping us to decipher who is saying what at times. They're trying to help us, yeah. that's right. And I would just say to you, if you're curious about these things, behind uh, behind this, of course, is a Hebrew text, as Jonathan said, without quotation marks, but they do have accent marks. And so throughout the last three, four, five years, I've been trying to get better at deciphering the interpretive significance of some of the accent marks that the ancient Masoretes, the ones who copied this text from Hebrew to, uh, you know, they were copying the Hebrew to other manuscripts. I've been trying to make sense of those accent marks, Mm -hmm. which also have some interpretive clues in them. Because let's face it, these are the early readers who know this better than we do. So I am relying on them some. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. Um, So there's there's a five-minute conversation about uh, not Psalm 84, but just... And that was a question I had. Sometimes it's hard to de- decipher who's saying what here. Mm-hmm. And that was, I didn't want to ask it last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Psalm 84, mm-hmm. to fast forward into that, mm-hmm. there's pretty clear who seems to be saying it. It's the psalmist here. Yeah, okay. But, yes. So there's not a, no quotation marks. Um, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts? Mm-hmm. Um, quick, uh, just language question. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case anyone doesn't know, can you define hosts? Because that's not mm-hmm. that's a, an English word that has changed. Yeah, so it's the strongest, I would say it's the strongest military, it's the, it's the title with the strongest military con- connotation. Uh, I would often translate it Lord of the Armies or Lord of the Heavenly Armies is the way I would translate it. And if you look at your English Bible, it might... You know, it might have a different reading or a footnote that would say that. So, mm-hmm. and and the reason I brought that up is because I was making notes here. It, mm-hmm. it comes up at least four times in the psalm, and I was just thinking, yeah, when we when I say the word host, mm-hmm. I think of someone who's hospitable, who opens their home, and is gracious to yeah. just yeah. make you feel welcome. Which is the, the, is opposite, the opposite of this. It is. We have a hymn and. Um, uh, I don't know if it's a mighty fortress, but Lord Sabaoth, it's his name, is the phrase of the hymn. Mm-hmm. That's the only place, That's the only thing that's coming to mind is that phrase, that name. Isn't that from a mighty it, fortress? I think it is. Yeah. And so if you know a mighty fortress is our God, the Lord of hosts is in that psalm, uh, is in that song, and the word Sabaoth is the way we would sing it. That is this Hebrew for the translated host. Mm-hmm. But again, Lord of the army, Lord of the heavenly army. So when you're seeing that, that okay, so, so how many times did you say? Four. So here's a, here's a place where if we pay attention to the titles, which we didn't do on purpose on Sunday, if you pay attention to the title, now you're getting this strong sense of I'm praying to, uh, or in this case, I'm expressing my feelings towards being in the presence of the Lord of the heavenly armies. Mm-hmm. So just 
all of the imagery that that conjures up for us, he is extremely powerful to defend his own. And I love being in his presence because of his power. Mm-hmm. So something along those lines would be a great way to do it. Yeah. Well, it is a, it, to me, it feels like a curious name to bring up it for a psalm like this, because mm-hmm. we're not really ascribing much power to him other than in a place like that. We're saying, God, we just we long to be in your presence, your dwelling place. Uh, okay, but but one of the okay, this is one of the values of having conversations like this because it, you trigger things that I could have said better. So how about this, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, it's very appropriate because the next section in this psalm has to do with strength. So, so five through. If we, so if we're going to talk about the mm-hmm. what I would say the cohesion of Psalm eighty four. Yeah. So yeah. let's move with that title. Here's the Lord of the heavenly armies. He's got all of the forces at his disposal, mm-hmm. unlimited strength and power. And now, uh, if you look at verse 3, at the end of verse 3, we call him my king and my God. And then it's at verse 5 where we get the second blessed. Oh, the happinesses of those who derive their strength from him. Mm-hmm. Well, who is he? He's the Lord of the armies. So I could make an argument for, uh, or not make an argument, I, I would say that's a good way to read this psalm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, actually, it's interesting. It, the Lord of hosts is used in verses 1 and 3, and then in verse 8, and then again at the end in verse 12. Mm-hmm. But it's that center section, 5 through 7, uh, which I think was a really neat part of the psalm, and one that I really appreciated. It was and, for me. You know, kind of fell in love with there. Um, it, it doesn't come out there, but that's where our strength is found in Him. So can we camp out on verses 5 through 8 for a minute? I have no choice. I'm, okay. at, I'm at your mercy. <laughs> Just say yes. Yes. Okay, great. Um, so blessed are those whose strength is in you, this commander-in-chief, mm-hmm. Lord of Heaven's mm-hmm. armies in whose heart are the highways to heaven. Mm, and mm. Um, that was another word that I, Yeah, I, I found that funny because, again, when we think of highway, mm. I'm thinking two to four lanes on the road. Yeah. But this is similar in that it's a, a path. It's a, it was in, when I tracked this carefully, uh, first of all, before I forget, remember that Zion is not in that Hebrew text. That's an addition. It's an interpretive addition. Okay. The NASB text, I was pointed out on a Sunday, Bill Patton reads that a lot. So that's in italics to, to signal the reader that's, that it's an interpretive addition. So all you have is, uh, is in whose heart are the highways. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it was a path that was either packed down with fill or stone or like like loose stone Mm -hmm. so it's just a it's a it's a man-made path uh and in this case i think the versions are correct that that talked about a a pilgrimage Mm -hmm. and so yeah yeah and and this pilgrimage uh for a jewish person they're traveling to jerusalem for feasts throughout the year does it have any is there any connection to that like a a well trot like you know. I, yeah, I mean, it, it could be that uh, what you have is you have all, all of God's people are making their way to worship. And so if it's at a festival or a feast or if it's once a year, they're going yeah. up to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be something like it could be well-worn because of that, yeah. because of the high traffic. Um, but then getting into verse 6, you pointed out the Valley of Baca. Baca. Okay, mm-hmm. That's how the Americans say it, too. Baca. Is that how they say it? They do. Okay. Yeah. I wonder how the English say it, the Brits. <laughs> I don't know. 
I'm not even going to try. Okay. Um, but you pointed out that would be dry, a dry place, wilderness-like. Mm -hmm. Because of the contrast with the next two lines. Um, they're, they're going through the valley of Bacan, and remember one of the versions, I can't remember which version, maybe the New Living Translation, actually uses weeping. And I was talking about not tears, but just a sore that weeps, just a tiny mm -hmm. bit of liquid. And that's what's happening in this valley. But then as they go through it, they make it a place of springs. And then the early rain also covers it with pools. Yeah. So, so I may have missed this if you said it. Um, and I'll just blame my daughter again because that seems easy. Um, Baca, is that an actual place or an actual valley? Or is that a, another I'm not, word? I'm not sure. I, I think it is. Um, I, I think it is a place. Um, and I didn't. I didn't memorize how many versions actually use it that way. Where's the weeping come it's, from? It's the same. It's, it's the verb form is oh, to baka. weep. Oh, And okay, so the New okay. Living Translation picked up on it and said that's the valley of weeping going uh, off from the verb. I did hear you you know, talking about the weeping, yeah. but I missed that it's the verb yeah. um, form of baka. Okay. What I thought was great about this, though, is I, I think your wife, Rebecca, was right off to my left, mm -hmm. and I was trying to, to say, I, th I think that's exactly what Rebecca and Lauren did for the ladies on that on, a few days ago yeah, Saturday. at the women's retreat. These two ladies uh, in our faith family were, I think they were talking about how, how these dry places or the, the hurtful places in their lives ended up being something that God was using for good. And so the, the language here was so good. They make it a place of how, how, you know, the blessing of God is on them so much that even these difficult times, they become a time of flourishing mm -hmm. and growth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, from strength to strength. And so help me mm -hmm. with that phrase again. Uh, yeah, you touched on it, but it's an important phrase. So, yeah, it is. And again, you don't have... The imagery is kind of bizarre for us. So to go, to, to go from strength to strength implies that there's no weakness. And I think I tried to say on Sunday, what you're seeing here is you're seeing a description of a mature believer who is going through life, even going through the valley that's dry at times, you go through those valleys, and we talk like that. We're going mm -hmm. through a valley. Uh, this is a difficult time. They go through that, but every step they take is one of strength because they've already been, uh, we've already uh, seen the blessing in verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is in you, mm -hmm. or as the New Living Translation, whose strength comes from you, from God. So here's a person who takes steps through life, and they're strong at each step. That's what the blessing of God does. Mm -hmm. So remember, if you're trying to put Psalm 84 into practice, this is an important one that will help you with reading a lot of the other Psalms. First of all, remember this opens up with an expressive. This is a term, uh, the, a term that I, I, I use to show how is the author signaling worship to the, to the reader. And in this case, to, to say how lovely is your dwelling place or you know, uh, the courts, uh, the courts of the Lord. And what, what was the, um, that song that we sang uh, from verse 10, right? For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. When mm -hmm. the psalmist expresses that type of emotion, that's designed to elicit the same emotion in us. So the first thing is to say, do we feel this type of, uh, do we feel this, this emotion for heading into worship? 
And I tried so hard to get us all to be honest with ourselves and say, this is a target for us. This is probably not something that we all experience very Mm -hmm. often, not to this measure. But now to your point, if the psalmist says, I want you to feel what I feel about coming into the presence of God in corporate worship, now what we do is with these blessed uh, scenarios is we say, yeah, this is describing me. So for instance, back to they go from strength to strength Mm -hmm. in verse 7. That's that's a great time for me to assess the degree to which I feel strong in my dry seasons or my weak moments or my whatever. How do I do I do I fit this description? They go from strength to strength is the psalmist way to describe all of the people that are on the way going to worship because they can't wait to get there. Mm-hmm. So they they have all the anticipation of being in the presence of God. They have all the excitement of that. They have all the hope in that. And they're going from strength to strength. And uh, and line B, each one appears before God. So I, I forget which commentator uh, helper I had, but one of them said, isn't this great that there's no weakening at toward the end of the pilgrimage? Like, oh, I can barely, I can see the I can see the structure, but I'm not there yet. In these last steps, my legs are so heavy. It's not that at all. It's mm-hmm. actually, it's, it's a triumphant, here we are, we've made it, mm-hmm. and they all make it. And so, uh, as I tried to say on Sunday, we have to read Psalm 84 and ask ourselves, does it describe me? Mm-hmm. Am I this type of worshiper? And I, I have to be honest as well and say, today is one of those days where I've had some strength and weakness mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. But this is the target. This is the goal, moving from strength to strength. Every step in the journey involving experiencing uh, God's strength for me. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's, a, it's a good way to try to put a psalm into practice. Yeah, my mind's uh, going to being reminded that the, the dwelling place, this isn't talking about Jesus' home, like not the architecture. That's not why we love it. It's God's presence. Right. Uh, is it Psalm 1611, in your presence is... Ple- Fullness of joy. Yeah, and, and yeah. Pleasure forevermore, so in his presence. Yeah, and some of my uh, my scholar friends would say, it, this, this, can, this can happen everywhere because God is everywhere. Yeah. What's important, though... Uh, I mean, I don't mind that angle as long as you start with the primary angle of there's something special that takes place where God's localized corporate presence is found. Okay. There's something special with that. Yeah. Otherwise, they never would have done this. God never would have said, meet together in the Old Testament or the New. So I I don't mind the angle of, yeah, God is everywhere, so you love to be in his presence in your own devotional life. That's good. Yes, that's really good. But this is different here. This is a very corporate, uh, I mean, just by virtue of the fact that it's in the Psalter, this is designed to be sung by the people of God when they gather for worship. Right. Uh, Besides that, the fact that it's in the Psalter, what makes you, like, what triggers the corporate side of this? Uh, Just the pilgrimage. uh, They're on on the way, uh, people going up uh, to gather with God's people. this This isn't an individual pilgrimage. This gotcha. is more than likely. This is all of them because of the um, each one appears before God in Zion. They're all going there. Uh, so um, this would be anything associated with the worship of God in the tabernacle, in the temple, something like that. Gotcha. I mean, there's no, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing actually in the Psalter for you know someone doing this like. 
taking a walk outside and communing with God on the lawn. It's right. not that it's wrong. No. It's just nothing in the Psalter about that. Yeah, right. Okay, I'm tracking with you. Um, and, and then just to close out, yeah. verse 11, mm-hmm. um, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And I just want to underline, I appreciate what you said there about that. Um, if we're looking at our lives and feeling like good things are being withheld from us, yeah, two angles, one, uh, it's not good right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. Uh, or two, I'm not walking uprightly. Yeah. Um, and I just, uh, because like when you read that, sometimes your mind can go to like the the prosperity gospel where yeah. know, God's going to give you good things yeah. and it's going to yeah. be a, a smooth, easy, yeah. you know, uh, path for you uh, of God's blessing. And uh, and sometimes it's the valley of Baca. Mm-hmm. And we experience the dryness, the wilderness, the testing, the trials. Um, and so it might just be not yet, right. Uh, not right now. Right. Or there might be something about our own walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just appreciated that as a way to take this part of this psalm mm-hmm. into my week. And, and again, if you're thinking about, well, I want Psalm 84 to guide my week, remember that verse 11 when you read, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly, that's the psalmist asserting a stated reality that we're supposed to believe as well and say that is really true. No mm-hmm. good thing. He doesn't withhold any good thing from us. Yeah. But we have to believe it. Yeah. That good. is true. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm out of, out of stuff here. That's it? That's it. Okay. Okay. Calvary Bible Church, thanks for joining us, bearing with us. Bible says bear with one another. So thank you for for bearing with us, Mm -hmm. for putting up with us. Yes. And uh, yeah, you can email your questions into podcast at cbcmj.com. We love to interact with them week in and week out. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking I've got a special episode uh, in my mind. Let's talk about that. Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to be away on over the weekend. So I have to do a bonus one for that one. Anyway, um, just wetting the appetite. There you go. All right, we'll see you guys on Sunday. Thank you. Love you guys. See ya. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.